0: Thing to say, say. Such a naughty
1: thing to do but you know I'm on time, girl. hello 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 and welcome to misdeeds and intrigue I am your host Larissa
2: and I'm Carrie.
1: Oh my God it's so good to see your bright shining face on the other end. I know I feel like we haven't talked in forever, and there's so much going
2: on out there. It was kind of hard to even drill down.
1: There's way too much we could do, we could make this like a seven part series right now, and we could do seven hours of nonstop recording. What do you think for reals. Melody. I want to say melody, thank you, my love, for tuning in. We always love a good listen, right um subject says love your pod message I just discovered your podcast it is so smart and entertaining <laughs> yeah we have fans
2: well it was just so sweet so what do you want to get started with first because you and I both have a list why don't you get started with Harry's book because you did the work there like you put in the work with that one
1: girl okay I have to tell you um I listened to it on audible And when you say I put in the work, it was, (laughs) I probably should have finished it in like four days, but it took me, I think, three weeks. I just couldn't get through it. I don't know why it was so hard. I learned two things. I learned that... Harry's family sweats an awful lot, which goes against what Andrew has told us. Everyone is schwitzing melting, dripping, whether it's his father, Prince Charles or King Charles, whether it's his brother, uh, William. Everyone has a sweating problem. <laughs> And uh, it is a bit of a love letter to Megan. I mean, if my husband said these amazing things about me, of course, I would be flattered. He's just besotted by her. Of course, it's his wife. So, um, you know. Do you
2: think that she helped him write it?
1: I don't know who helped him write it. I mean, I'm wondering if they even read it after it was written, because there's some stuff that that. Wow. That came out of nowhere. That took a sharp, sharp turn. There is. I do want to say I did not want to know about his penis. There are things that were in there that I just would have preferred not to know about. I kind of like, by the way, it wasn't even a mystery for me. It's not like all these years I've been wondering about uh, if he was circumcised or uncircumcised, <laughs> whether he ever had, ever had frost nip on his todger. I never really wondered about those things. And I there's a reason I didn't wonder about those things. And I wish I hadn't heard what I heard. In his voice. I think it's worse if you're listening to it in his voice talking about his own penis. Right? It sounded weird.
2: I, I can't even imagine how cringy it was to even record that. That's
1: what I'm wondering. I'm like, and then when he talks about his first time, I'm like, that would be just mortifying to talk about. I don't know. I think there's some... Uh,
2: I don't want my kids knowing all this stuff about me. I think that there yeah. should just be boundaries just not to put. I don't understand why everybody feels like they need to put everything out there now.
1: Yeah, I I liked hearing about his youth growing up, his relationship with his mother and father. Although, you know, he kind of rakes his dad over the coals. But at the same time, he says his father calls him darling boy, always refers to him as darling mm-hmm. boy. What kind of horrific monster would refer to their child as darling boy? I'm telling you, what a monster. No, I mean, that was very sweet. And he does go on to say that his father never told him he was proud of him, but that was not his language. He would write it to him in a letter and put it on his pillow. And I thought that was very endearing because there are so many times where I look back on like, you know, after my father passed, I I see letters and cards that my parents wrote to me. And when I was younger, that would have been the most touching thing. Like, I think Carrie will grow to appreciate those things after his father has passed, when he can go back and read the words that his father wrote to him. I hope he kept those letters. I mean, some people just can't express it verbally.
2: My dad has never said, I love you. Really? He said it in service and in gifts. But no, I've never heard my dad say, I love you.
1: Are you going to write a book?
2: No, and I I love my dad. I call him daddy. Like, I love my dad. But I know that I think he taught me that words are just words Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: that it really takes the action behind. Yeah.
3: We agreed to meet a few hours after the funeral in the Frogmore Gardens by the old Gothic ruin. I got there first. I looked around, saw no one. I checked my phone, no texts, no voicemails. They must be running late, I thought, leaning against the stone wall. I put away my phone and told myself, stay calm. The weather was quintessentially April, not quite winter, not yet spring. The trees were bare, but the air was soft. The sky was grey, but the tulips were popping. The light was pale, but the indigo lake threading through the gardens glowed. How beautiful it all is, I thought, and also how sad. Once upon a time, this was going to be my forever home. Instead, it had proved to be just another brief stop. When my wife and I fled this place in fear for our sanity and physical safety, I wasn't sure when I'd ever come back. That was January 2020.
1: Well, and that's what Charles was used to with his parents, a very different type of love, you know, not an openly gushy love it's not at all what we experience, and i'm sure it's not what harry and Meghan are are giving to their kids they're giving them you know physical attention and love but i just think his
2: through the lens of this generation yeah i was watching tiktok they're picking apart psychology and the way we behave with like a fine-tooth comb where can you just be and not have to name it a process yeah
4: the first child of princess elizabeth and prince philip baby charles was always destined to be king on the 14th of november 1948 he was born charles philip arthur george and instantly became second in line to the throne his royal highness makes his debut before the cameras his father's delight in his young son is plain to see
5: they could actually be like a normal family that's what the queen Kept saying to her friends, you know, I just want to bring him up as normally as possible. Of course, we know that it's impossible to bring up a royal child normally.
4: He was given the title His Royal Highness Prince Charles of Edinburgh. And at four weeks old, his parents had him christened in the music room at Buckingham Palace. As the pictures clearly show, he paid no heed to the filming remaining perfectly calm while the cameras produced the records we've all been so anxious to see. And when the filming was over, along came Nurse Rowe to put His Royal Highness to bed. Biographer Angela Levin, who spent a year following the Prince of Wales in 2018, has since viewed this footage as an early sign of the challenges the Queen would face as a first-time royal mother.
5: You would think that it would be such an emotional moment... Here's the heir to the throne, that she would absolutely want to spend some private time with him, holding him, caressing him, maybe even shed a tear. But no, the Queen had to maintain her dignity. It's not that she loved him less, it's just that she most certainly would not show it in public because it wasn't the dumb thing to do. In
4: 1951, King George VI... Elizabeth's beloved father passed away. At just 25, she became queen. Signs of the deep mourning into which the nation had been plunged were to be seen everywhere. We all believed that his health had been improving, a fact that added weight to the blow when it fell. At the time of Elizabeth's succession, she also had a two-year-old daughter, Anne. But the spotlight was on three-year-old Charles, now heir to the throne. The dutiful queen soon felt the harsh realities of being both a monarch and a mother.
5: When the Queen came to the throne, it was a man's world. The 1950s, post-war, there was a real demand for women to go back to the home. Even though women were working, this is a problem. Because the Queen, she is head of state and she also has two children. So there are a lot of demands upon her. If you had children and you had a career, you pretty much had to pretend they almost didn't exist because that was the job of a wife. She actually eventually moved her prime minister's meeting to the evening rather than earlier so she could see her children, which didn't happen very often. But if she wasn't busy, she would sit by the bath and play with her children.
1: It's just the way it is. And I feel that his dad did love him and his mother, you know, they both loved him. I don't think there was any doubt that His father loved, still loves him, by the way, because I hear they're being, he's demanding that they be invited to the coronation. Is that right?
2: I don't know about that part. I definitely think that they haven't really said a lot out there because it can change at any time with them. I wonder, because it's been us against the world, can you really at this point, for pride's sake, or I mean, you really had to pick over things in order to make the stand that they did, right? So it, they had to feed into this narrative, whether, mm-hmm. you know, their truth or how they perceive certain people's actions. And, you know, because their truth is the only truth. Or are you going to die on that hill because you have to be so stubborn to try to, like, not lose ground or not lose face? That's what I wonder, even with the coordination stuff.
5: Now... It's confirmed after weeks. Will they, won't they? Prince Harry and Meghan have deigned to return their RSVP for the King's coronation next month. But guess what? Only Harry is coming. Meghan is staying behind in California with the kids. And the palace said they're pleased to confirm Harry's attendance. Sources close to the Sussexes, meanwhile, saying Prince Archie's fourth birthday, which is actually on the same day as the coronation, was a big factor in the couple's decision. But... A child's fourth birthday party, really, seems a little bit like a convenient excuse for a more personal decision for Meghan to stay home in Montecito. And for once, this probably actually pleases both her critics and her supporters. It means she's staying out of the limelight while Harry gets to come home, even if it is only for a few hours. Now, it's something I've been thinking about today. Amid these accusations that President Biden, quote, hates the UK. We'll go into that a bit later on. Um, How do we deal with the idea that someone might be anti-British? When a figure we trust appears to abandon a love for Britain, I think it's not so much about them as it is about us. My hunch is Harry has never been and will never be anti-British. He loves this country, but in this rebellion over the past few years, his words and his actions, they've hurt us. And the fact he's coming back next month to be part of this historic moment shows he does want to be here. But will we welcome him? That very much depends on us.
1: Yeah, I think if they want another season, they will have to go back on Netflix. I also think the, the other thing I kind of had a hard time with was I know Harry dislikes the press very much after what they did to his mother, what Meghan went through. I get that. I realize that. And I think it was smart for them to leave. And I think it was smart for them to move. But what I had, what was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around was he despises the press, right? And it's kind of like no press is good press in, in the book is what I'm getting. But then to promote the book, he did he did almost 100 interviews the week the book came out mm-hmm. Everywhere all outlets. He did so many interviews. And I'm just like, but that's press. I mean, that the press is behind that. So how do you justify? I hate,
2: the press. I, you hate know, the press. I hate the
1: press. It was kind of like when Diana did the interview panorama, when Charles did the interview. We hate the press. We hate the press. Oh, my God. But let's get this interview. I'm just it's Harry's not the first one to do it, by the way. There are a lot of royals have done it. We despise the press. We hate the press. Oh, let's do an interview. They like the press on their own terms. I get. And by the way, the press is good if you can make money off of it, right? Let's monetize it. So I kind of had a difficult time with that because I understood what he was saying in the book, but then the actions promote the book really negated what was in the book. So that was very interesting to me. No one ever called him spare after that one day his father said that in jest, by the way, after the birth.
0: Uh, do you agree with me that actually it's William who's getting the strategy right here rather than King Charles?
6: Well, William is. But I mean, the, the, r- the real person in charge, of course, is the king. Yeah. And I feel the king is losing sight of the plot. Uh, he is losing sight that the coronation is all about the glory of the monarchy and of Britain and he's reducing it to the squabbles in his family. But worse than that, not just you know Meghan and Harry and Prince Andrew as well, and should Fergie be invited, but I think the promotion of Camilla is also distracting yeah. from the importance of the coronation of the king. And she doesn't even particularly want it, does she? And she doesn't, and really what you see with this constant promotion of Camilla and the photographs of too the two is that Coronation seems to be about the marriage, mm. not about the, the, the crowning of the king. And somehow in all this, is what I always feared about Charles. He's lost sight of what actually this ceremony and what his reign is meant to embrace. He's not establishing himself as the key to a future era, mm he's now all just worried about whether people love
0: Camilla and what will they think about Harry and the olive branch. I mean, this is just nonsense. I I actually totally agree about the Camilla point. Camilla doesn't care. You know, she wasn't fussy about this, but Charles is so desperate for their marriage to finally be properly accepted. But when it comes to this Harry and Meghan photo, I have to be honest, I'm quite offended by it. Like, Meghan doesn't deserve to be in the official brochure for the coronation. Look at everything she's said since the death of the late Queen. And my worry is that he keeps rewarding bad behaviour by the Sussexes. So they think, oh, if we keep on behaving badly, that's what gets us noticed. That's what gets us all of these things. Well, I think he is, on the one hand, he's being cowardly, and then he is
6: constantly dithering, and because he just doesn't want to be disliked, and he doesn't realise... That The only way actually to impose a reign as opposed to having a, an argument or whatever mm. he normally did as Prince of Wales is you've got to be firm. And he's not firm. And that's why the coronation is still undecided. Key aspects, should there be this bishop, mm. should this priest be there or not, or what should they say? He is actually performing exactly as I feared, self-indulgent, un, mm. uh, unable to fix his uh, focus mm. On what is necessary. And, and at promotion. the same
0: time, we've also heard, you know, he's opening the doors to reparations. For reparations the historic, and, like, and all the rest yeah.
6: of, And he should, have, of course, have banned Harry completely from the yes. coronation. That would have shown a, a total purpose. And he should say quite clearly yeah. that Prince Andrew has no role either.
0: But instead, he's just pandering to his own insecurities. Can we talk a little bit about exactly why Meghan has decided not to come? Uh, while Harry is. Now, some experts have claimed that Meghan didn't want to play second fiddle to Kate at the coronation. Uh, my belief is that she simply couldn't countenance the prospect of being booed by the British public. What, what are you hearing about why well, she did
6: not come? Well, I think you've got to remember, in all our conversations over the last weeks and months... We never, I never thought that they would come, mm. and I was a complete minority. What I hadn't actually anticipated is that he'd come alone for 24 hours because that seemed to me inconceivable. So clearly he suddenly realised that if he doesn't come, he puts himself so completely in isolation in the freezer that he had to show up, make an appearance. Her presence, I thought, was never likely because she doesn't want to be in Britain. She doesn't want to be part of the royal family. She's a Californian. She doesn't want to curtsy to the Queen. She doesn't want a curtsy to Kate or Sophie. I think mean, that was very important. And then, of course, they did not guarantee her a spotlight in the front row. And she didn't want to play second fiddle again, gazing out of a window. So I think altogether, for her, it was unless she was going to be prominent, she wasn't going to take the part. She's milked the royal family for everything they can give her. She's got global recognition, which she didn't have before. I'm going to tell you something else, though, Dan. I thought the poll last weekend was pretty indicative that a large number of young people think they should be there. They like Meghan. The diverse community like Meghan. And I think that the palace quite clearly decided they didn't want Meghan there, and they were putting uh, conditions on her presence which they hoped she would refuse. And in that way, they've kept her out. Harry is there. After all, he's fifth in line in succession. So to some extent, he should be there, and he doesn't want to be totally excluded. But they'll freeze him out, hopefully. Uh, But Meghan is such a poisonous, vile person Mm. for Britain. The one thing she realises is that the crowds, who are clearly monarchists on the
0: streets, wouldn't give her the welcome that she thinks he deserves. Yeah, because she's haunted by... The Queen's Diamond Jubilee, Uh, she was shunned by the family at that event at St Paul's Cathedral. They didn't want anything to do with her, even members of the family that had formerly been quite welcoming like uh, Zara and Mike Tyndall. they wanted nothing to do with the two of them Uh, there was booze on the way up and then the boos got louder when they walked down the stairs and I think Meghan really couldn't handle the prospect of being booed and I I think she would have been booed, I think the boos would have been loud and I think Harry used the court case against Associated Newspapers as a little test case because no crowds turned up on the second or the third day to boo him on his own.
6: I think there's all that but what is terrible is that we're discussing why is megan not here mm. and that is charles's fault completely mm. and she's wormed her way yeah. into his consciousness and megan should, should be, have just he, be no invite right exactly
0: but that's why i don't think they should be in the coronation brochure absolutely either they're not part of the royal exactly. family
6: exactly and he they don't want to be exactly they don't want to be part of them. and he's just foolish the king yeah. and i fear that his reign is going to suffer from that indecision mm. and that desperate plea to be
0: liked you just got me so high someone stop
2: me I think maybe we should